Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like getting locked in a bookstore. Heaven. Today on the show, I am talking about no, saying no. How can we get better at saying no to things that we should be saying no to? There's a couple of reframes that I think are going to be really helpful with this. I struggled a little bit to feel like there was enough here to talk about in a full episode, but I don't know, we could probably talk in circles on this topic. Why not? A lot of us are pretty obsessed with saying yes when we shouldn't. So let's say no. No, I don't want to hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. Drums, please. Hello, friends. C Note here. Welcome back to Dopamine. How are you doing? Hope you're enjoying your summer. This is a uh, this is being released towards the end of July, so I hope you're doing okay. Hope you're, uh, this, this music particularly makes me think of opening the fire hydrant in the street and running around in the water and playing stickball and all of that stuff. Those are things that I enjoyed in my youth. Uh, I played in the tennis court. We had a, um, uh, we lived in an apartment complex and we would basically play baseball on the tennis court with a stick and a ball and a tennis ball. And it was pretty, it was pretty great because we were all kids and it was really hard to hit the ball over the tennis ball, tennis court fence. And, um, you know, we made up all sorts of rules. If we didn't have enough people, it was like automatic foul ball. If it was like on the left side or whatever. So it was like all sorts of crazy rules. It was a good time. Anyway, um, hope you guys are doing okay. We have our website up at dopamine.life. If you want to go check that out, you can sign up for the Myers-Briggs introductory course there. And um, that's where you can learn uh, 10 segments about how Myers-Briggs is a thing that's useful, right? Basically, right? That's that's how I sell it. <laughs> um, so yeah, go over there, dopamine.life, check it out. And we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash dopamine. So today on the show, I want to talk about no saying no and what i find really interesting about saying no is that no is one of the first things that we learn as a kid like i can't come across any child that isn't riddled with no <laughs> to everything no i don't want that no i don't like that no i don't like chicken nuggets anymore no of course i like chicken nuggets what are you doing <laughs> No, I don't want anything. No, I'm not happy. No, no. There's a joke that uh, John Mulaney has talking about um, Mick Jagger and how he's just like the level of famous that is like a kid that just says like, yes, no to everything. <laughs> and there's no nuance. He's just like, that's a great idea. Or no, that's terrible. So yeah. No, <laughs> I always think of that when I, when I think of the word, no, um, you know, we, we kind of have a rampant people pleasing issue 
in life. Uh, I don't know if this is just an American thing, but I know there's a lot of Americans who struggle with people pleasing and not being able to say no in situations where they feel like they should be saying no. And uh, it's really a boundaries issue. And um, I don't know. I don't know if it's the way that families are presented and the way that we're brought up is that at certain points we are not allowed to say no to our family. And but because by saying no, is it's like a rejection, right? That saying no is hurtful. That saying no is like destroying someone's dream or something. I don't know. It's like if we say no to someone that there's, there's one or two trains of thought and uh, they're both related to different feeling functions in the Myers-Briggs system that for extroverted feeling saying no just kind of messes with the energy in the room, right? And you don't want to mess with the energy in the room as an FE person. You don't want to screw that up. It doesn't feel right. That's not okay. You need to be cool. You need to go along with everything. You need to be, you need to be down. You need to be ready. And saying no only shows that you're not. You're not a team player. What are you doing? Why are you not? Why are you not part of this? And um, you know that's uh, it's not good. It's not good to to not say no in those scenarios. And then the other half of it, <clears throat> as my voice goes out because I've done three podcasts already today. Um, Fi users, introverted feeling, feeling tends to want to put themselves in the shoes in the person that they're speaking to. And they would often imagine how the other person, how they would feel if someone told them no. So they don't want to say no. They don't want people to feel bad themselves, right? Because of the depth of nuance. And they want to keep the energy high. It's not about the vibration of the energy in the room. It's about the individual and protecting that individual. But at the end of the day, like protecting someone's emotions is not our job. It's not up to us to protect how someone does or doesn't feel. Because at the end of the day, we can't properly predict how someone is or is not going to feel. Like we have this assumption, and it's almost a little egotistical. It's massively egotistical, actually, that us saying no to something is going to be devastating, right? And it's usually in the most... <clears throat> mundane circumstances. It's not like a big rejection, like turning someone down on a date or something, or like firing someone or, uh, or divorcing someone, right? I'm not talking those circumstances. Even then, like, it's important to speak your mind and say what you need to say. But I think in most cases, we are not in those harrowing situations. And we are still saying yes to things that we don't want to. Like our friend wants us to go help them move their house. And we're like, no, I don't like physical labor, right? <laughs> but we feel a social obligation to go help them. And, you know, there are certainly reasons that um, you might want to subvert your desire to say no to actually go help them. You know, you might have a social contract that you might need to fulfill, and that's fine. You know, but it's another situation where you're sacrificing something that you want to do for the sake of what they would want you to do. Right. It's like one thing to say that you have to go to work or you have to go to the doctor or you have to take care of your kid or you have to do all sorts of things for yourself or for other situations in your life. 
And because your friend asks you to do something, you drop everything and you do it because you don't want to say no. Right. It's it's about finding situations or making sure that you're saying no in situations that are not going to be detrimental to you. Right. Like if you're sitting on the couch all day and your friend asks you to help them out after they just got done helping you out with something major, then maybe you should, uh, you know, get involved in the wheel of reciprocity and help them out. Right. You've got nothing going on. You're not sacrificing anything to be there. So you can say yes. You know, even even though you might not necessarily want to from like a pure lazy standpoint, which I get. But there are circumstances where, you know, that's fine. Just go with it. It'll be OK. It's for the greater good. Right. But if you're having to sacrifice and make y- your feelings worse in that scenario, then that's not going to help. Right. There's uh, Stephen Covey talks about in the seven habits of highly effective people, this concept of win win. And I think for a situation to be one where you would say yes in a situation where you don't want to, there has to be a win-win component to it. Meaning like you go help your friend out, but Hey, you get free pizza or free beer and you get to hang out with your friend. Like you you win out of that deal. You're not losing anything, right? A lose win scenario would be where you're sacrificing Going to the gym or going to a friend's birthday party because your friend asked you, your other friend asked you to go help them move and you felt socially obligated and you were afraid to say no. Therefore, you created a lose win situation where you lose, but your friend wins out of that. You might still get pizza and all that stuff out of it, but you ended up sacrificing your other friends, uh, this previous commitment that you had, right? Honoring your existing commitment is a very, very valid reason for you to say no to a new reoccurring one, right? Because at the same time, you're being reactionary in that situation. Also, being reactionary is not a way to go through life, right? We talked about that in the proactive podcast. Hopefully you've listened to that episode a few episodes ago. So thinking about that, you know, sometimes not saying no is a reactive thing as opposed to a proactive thing, right? So saying no, in a scenario where you might you know, you you might feel socially compelled to say yes. You have to think about the big picture implication, right? If you have a previous commitment, then, you know, you have a valid reason to say no, right? And that's really, that's really where it's at, thinking about that valid reason and finding whatever the situation is for you to find some sort of win-win scenario within what's going on, right? Like even if you have to uh, figure out a new way to work it out. Like I can't do it today, but if, uh, after work tomorrow, I can come by when, you know, when the dust is settled, when I don't have other commitments, whatever, then I can come help you out. And then, you know, we can go grab dinner or we can grab something afterwards or whatever. Right. Try to convert it into a win-win scenario. So your friend isn't necessarily feeling bad about the fact that you said no, they just understand that you have a previous commitment and, most that's the thing though too was like most people are way more understanding than you think they are i think we overvalue and this is where the ego thing comes in we overvalue our own experience therefore we overvalue the weight of our nose not our physical nose but our no <laughs> the word no that comes from us we overvalue the word no that comes from us and we feel like because we say no to someone that they're going to be devastated 
that they're going to be completely destroyed. Our friendship is ruined. We're just not going to be able to be in their presence anymore. They're not going to like us. Everything's going to be ruined. They don't like me anymore. And I'm not going to have any friends. I'm going to die alone. It's just going to be sad. And I'm just not going to... It's just words. Right? So, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Sorry, I just hit my microphone. Um... Yeah, that's that's just that's silly. You can kind of grow up from that. I'm sorry. This is gonna, I'm going to be direct here. Grow up. <laughs> that's a grow up situation. Uh, you know, like not not saying like grow up in the sense that our ego tells us that we're the most important thing in reality, right? So therefore, we're overvaluing our no. We're overvaluing our value in relation to our friends. It's not that our friends don't care about us. It's not that our friends don't value our personal help and our personal, um, our, our personality in their presence, right? Or what we bring to any scenario. But like in most given scenarios, it's not you specifically that they need, right? They might need a body, <laughs> you know, they might need someone, to help them in a certain situation and you saying no is not going to be the end of the world. And I think in most cases, if you saying no is going to be the end of the world, if it actually is going to affect people and then it is going to be, maybe it is a trained thing based on family having negative reactions because I've, I've experienced this, but if maybe if it's a trained thing that family has intense reactions to you saying no, and you're going to assume that everyone else is going to have intense reactions to saying no, first of all, you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, you can't assume that previous interactions are going to be the same as future interactions. That's just, that's just an impossibility. You just don't know until you know. Second of all, if you have people in your life that are continuously giving you shit for continuing to be, uh, to, for, for setting boundaries and saying no, and, uh, you know, needing to live your life, then those are not people that you need to have in your life. Even if it is your mom, your dad, your sister, your cousin, your brother, your kids, like create healthy distance, right? That's the hard part, right? When we're trying to set any kind of barriers or boundaries between us and other people, we feel, you know, often mixed between like having to navigate what we want and social contracts, right? Like it's your mother. You're supposed to have your mother in your life. Are you though? Like, if your mother's a douche, then your mother's a douche. I'm sorry, but that's what you need to address, right? Sometimes it's a situation where if you don't naturally gel with a parent or a sibling or whatever, it's not that you need to completely ostracize your relationship, but you might need to recognize that maybe the relationship is better because there is some sense of distance. My dad and I had a lot of arguing growing up. We fought, we had tons of issues. And me saying no to him was like the end of the world. It actually was. And he would, he would freak out. He would have all sorts of um, frustrations with me. He would throw, um, you know, my parents would often sort of dangle everything that they did for me over my head, that sort of thing. And, you know, that was really frustrating to, to live with growing up. Just like, we do everything for you. Why don't you just say yes to us? It's like, cause I have boundaries. <laughs> And I don't want to, um, which is, you know, it's very different from a teenager saying it versus like an adult. But at some point I recognized that that was toxic in my life and I needed to find a way to separate myself. 
My parents and I have a great relationship now, so this is not indicative of their character. It, it was certainly a, a situation of their circumstance, but you know, what really improved our relationship is me moving across the country and finding a way for us to create civil discord by essentially like creating distance. And, you know, we talked every once in a while. We didn't have to see each other every day. We didn't have to talk every day. We didn't have to experience each other every day. We didn't have to come face to face with our differences every single day. And I think that is ultimately what has helped our relationship is giving ourselves space to breathe, feeling the distance, feeling that feeling of being able to miss each other, feeling that feeling of, of realizing what's uh, the positive things that you've been missing from that person in your life. And, you know, you grow closer together via that distance. I think that's, that's kind of what works for me at least. Um, and over time, we've reestablished better relationships with one another. We've been able to check in every once in a while. And when we talk, sometimes we have long conversations and we're able to connect in ways that we weren't if we were butting heads every single day. Right. So that's the challenge with saying no is that no is boundary setting. It can be big picture things when it comes to emotions and it can be little picture things when it comes to just saying no to your friend asking you to go help them move stuff. Right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fear in any circumstance and I totally get it, but, uh, you know, it is your life. You are the only person that you spend a hundred percent of your time with and you need to protect that and, you know, treat that as a, and yourself as a precious resource, you know? So at the end of the day, saying no is very, very healthy. I've been saying no in the circumstance that it's protecting your energy, not feeling like you need to give social obligations and think about the situations in which you are going to get a win-win from the scenario that you're in. If it is not a win-win scenario where you saying yes is going to benefit both of you, then you have every right to say no, right? And after the break, we're going to talk about a couple different ways that you can say no without actually saying no which is a total hack and a cheat, but uh, it's helped me in a lot of, in some massive ways. And it's even been helping Molly because she's been, she's been stealing my hack <laughs> and it's, uh, it's helped her because she was kind of a serial, serial people pleaser in her past with her religious upbringing and very community focused life. There was a lot of like everyone all up in each other's business. And uh, when you start to use some slightly different language, you can find better ways to protect your energy and your, you know, create some boundaries. All right. Boundaries. Boundaries are some of the most important aspects of protecting your mental health and navigating through life in the way that you want to, you know, as we get older, we have the opportunities to create more choice in our lives and that increases our responsibility. And we further distance ourselves from family dynamics that we grew up in and realizing how much of that we are bringing with us into the future. And we have to evaluate pretty consistently whether or not that's been good for us or not. You know, uh, I think it's really incredible to realize how much we've grown and then simultaneously realize 
that sometimes there are fundamental things that we're just not yet good at. You know, that's why I think it's really interesting to me that one of the first things that we learn as a kid is how to say no. And then one of the most difficult things that we have as adults is how to not say no. Right. <laughs> we're, we're taught, we're taught to say no. And then we're pretty profusely taught to not say no again. And we have to be aware of like those dynamics and, and how that's stuck to us. Right. Uh, I think it really depends on your circumstance. Like it's not everyone, but um, I know for me, I think it's helped me to be an INTP and I don't really, I'm not really concerned with like other people's emotional states all that much. I mean, I am more these days than I ever been, but when I was a kid, it wasn't as much of a thing. I didn't really care. So it was easy for me to say no. Uh, but I, but I came across so many people that just had a hard time. Like, I don't want to make people upset. I don't want to make people angry. I don't want people not to like me. I don't want to, I don't want to make them sad. I don't want to blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't understand where this concept comes from, where you feel like you have that power. Like who even said that you had the power to make someone else change how they feel? Is that because you're letting people change how you feel about yourself? It's pretty important to think about. Um, <laughs> sorry, that sounded antagonistic, but, you know, sometimes the INTP nature comes out. But I mean, think about that, you know, like, are you assuming that someone else is going to feel something because you've felt something? It's not the same. We're not all universal. We're not the same people. Not everyone's the same. Not every situation's the same. Not everyone's going to react the same. We've got different personality types. We've got different Enneagram types. We've got different levels of health. We've got different upbringings. We've got different cultures. We've got different ideas of what is or is not correct. So for you to assume that everyone's experience is going to be just like yours is not only unfair to the other person, it's unfair to yourself because you're keeping yourself from saying what you need to say to the other person to really say what you mean. And it's about being honest. By not saying no, you're, you're being dishonest, which is worse. Being dishonest we're saying yes and making yourself miserable. I think friendships and loyalty are one of the most important things to me in my life. And if I found out that someone's continuously lying to me about them wanting to be in my presence, then get out of here. Like, what are you doing? Why are you? Stop. Stop lying. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to me. I don't want to deal with that. Right. It's a very TIFE thing to say, but I personally just, I don't want to deal with it. Stop. No, just be honest with me. Tell me what you feel. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. And then we can address it because you're a human too. And you need things, right? So all of this leads to a bit of a logical reframe that if you're having trouble saying no to things, then don't say no. You're already used to not saying no. So you have to say no without saying no. What the hell? That's really loud. <laughs> Ugh. People, man, this summer, everyone gets loud. They bring out their loud cars. Everyone gets crazy. Um, so find different ways to say no without saying no. And I'm going to use two different methods. Uh, the first one I don't personally use. I mean, I, I kind of do, but which I'll share in the second method. But the first one is have something that you're saying yes to. Right. So if you're saying no to someone, Again, like, like the situation where you're asking your friend if, um, if your friend's asking you to help them move or something like that. Like, 
instead of saying no, you can say like, how about we do it on uh, tomorrow night at nine or something like that. And then they could say yes to that. And you say yes to that. And that's great. Or, you know, if you add a no, if you're saying no to something, then instead of just saying no, say like, no, I can't do it tonight. But uh, hey, you want to get dinner on on Saturday or something like that? Right. You add a yes to it. You know, you kind of reframe everything into a positive. Right. So if there's a situation where you've got a no or you definitely don't want to do it, but, um, you know, there's an opportunity for you to reframe it as a yes in some fashion or offer something else that you can say yes to, then you're not just creating a one-sided or, or not creating what you feel like is a one-sided, no deal, no, uh, um, lose, lose situation. You know, you're creating a win-win by saying, I can't do it tonight, but I would love to take you to dinner or let's go get some lunch or let's go to the ballpark or let, I don't know, whatever. And just create some other sort of circumstance where, you're creating a win-win scenario, right? I think that is incredibly powerful. One of the easiest ways that I do this when I want to just really, when I just want to be honest about how I'm feeling is like, I'll just say I'm good, right? Like if someone that's, that's my phrase, (laughs) this is the phrase that I use over and over again. This is the phrase that Molly steals is using the phrase I'm good. And I'm good says that like, it's basically, you know, I say, thank you. I'm good. Mean that that basically says that I'm satisfied. I don't need this thing. I don't need what you're offering. Um, I'm happy. I'm taken care of. I appreciate the offer. I don't. I don't need this. I'm. I'm good. Right. And again, that really depends on the circumstance. But if someone's like offering you beer and you haven't been drinking for a while and you don't want to drink, you say thank you. I'm good. I appreciate it. But I'm good. Um, and they might insist, blah, blah, blah. But you just keep saying, no, I'm good. Thank you. Um, whereas if you say no, then it's more likely for them to take it personally. Right. And if you are having a hard time subverting that feeling of someone taking something personally, then I'm good is a really good reframe. I think that idea of just like, no, I'm good. I appreciate you. I'm good. And just throwing in positive affirmations, throwing in some sort of positive spin on it is basically, you know, you're reframing it as, as a rejection. Uh, as not a rejection rather, you know, so and it's really more for you than it is about the other person. Like people understand what I'm good means. You know, when you say I'm good, like they're like, I get it. I get that you're satisfied that you're okay. And you know, they, they understand inherently that it's a rejection, but it's not, it's not a rejection. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why I like to use it. Cause it just kind of feels like, you know, it feels like a, uh, I don't know, just it, it feels good for you too, right? It, it feels easier to say I'm good than it is to say no, right? When you say no or no thank you, it feels like uh, it's got that sting to it. It's got that urn. Uh, when you say I'm good, it's a little softer. It's got that like relaxed tone to it, right? You don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about hurting someone's feelings by saying I'm good, right? So I, I, I beg you to practice that, you know? I mean, and, you know, become another loud motorcycle thing. Um, I, I'm, this is going to be context specific and you're going to have to kind of feel out which contexts are going to work for this sort of thing. It's not going to work in every scenario. Like, you know, the scenario where your friend asks you to help them move, you can't say, no, I'm good. That doesn't really work. (laughs) You can't say, what do you mean? You're good. I'm not good. I need help. (laughs) Right. Um, 
you might have to say no in that situation, or you might have to say that I'm doing something else or, or that, um, whatever, or, or just like, I'm not feeling good or I'm tired or I'm burnt out or something like that. Right. As long as you're being honest, I think in most situations it's totally fine. Right. There was a situation recently where, um, it's not really saying no thing, but it's kind of in this realm where Molly had to, we were in uh, the Poconos and she was looking to, uh, we were looking to stay for an extra few days and she had to call out of work. And so she was messaging her manager. Who's a cool dude. He's a good, good guy. Um, and I basically, she was like, how do I say this? Do I say that like our car broke down? Do I say that we're like, whatever I was like, we don't need to lie about it. We just need to say, Hey, we decided to stay a few days. My mom has given us the room for the, for until Saturday and we'd like to take advantage of it. Um, and like, what's the worst? He says no. And then we just go home, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. Right. But it was this situation where we, you feel like in order to make someone feel better, you have to lie about it. And I, most people don't like being lied to. I'd say nobody likes being lied to. Right. So, I think in any scenario that you're going to have a situation where like you feel like you need to make an excuse, quote unquote, I think in most cases you don't need to make an excuse. You really, really don't. Uh, people will appreciate your honesty. And, and in the same way that like you don't need to you don't need to express every little honest thing that's going on. And what I mean by that is like I've had situations where I've had to call out of work because of my of mental health. I've had poor mental health days and I'm just like, if I come in, I'm just going to be useless and I'm going to embarrass myself. And I'm just, I'm not useful to the company. So I need to take the day off. So I would, I would call out and I would just say like, I'm not feeling good today. I'm sorry. And it's not, I'm not telling them, I'm not lying to them, but I'm not being specific about the fact that I'm dealing with depression because sometimes there's perceptions that depression is not a sickness. And some people would be like, well, you got to come in anyway. I'd be like, nah, if you dude, <laughs> right? So it's not about being dishonest. And I think as long as you're going to avoid the idea of being dishonest, you don't have to make something up, then it's going to, you know, that tarnishes the relationship a lot of the time, you know, in that scenario, again, where your friend asks you to come help them. If you make something up and you say like, you know, oh, I'm stuck in traffic or I'm, you know, I don't know, I'm, you make up some sort of excuse and then they find out about it, that you made an excuse. Then you'd be like, what the hell? Like you could have helped me, but you didn't like I would. I I know I personally would appreciate if someone would just straight up say to me that like I'm burnt out, I'm not feeling good or like I'd like to spend some time with my partner or etc etc like anything that's honest like I would totally appreciate that so much more than someone just making something up and I would be like all right well that just feels like a personal jab right that's worse than saying no right so in my eyes I feel like making excuses is worse than saying no I would rather you say no and tell me why than to just make it up right you can say I'm good <laughs> depending on the scenario um but if there's a way to reframe it and if you feel like you want to keep the social contract going, then, you know, again, reframe in a way that turns it into a positive, make it so that you and your friend can go do something else together or that, you know, you can go help them tomorrow or, you know, commit to something else in some sort of way. Right. So that's that's one of the ways you can do it. 
either a reframe saying I'm good, being honest and just, you know, just be there for people when you need to be there for them. Uh, and, um, but be, be clear about your boundaries when you need to be clear about them and protect yourself, you know, cause you're, again, you're the only person that you're going to be spending the rest of your life with. So there's no reason they need to be lying to yourself, to your friends, over committing your perception of your ego to anything like people are not going to be as devastated by things as you think they are. And, um, I just, I wouldn't sweat it as much about that stuff. So I know that stuff is hard. I know it's going to take a long time. It's not an easy, it's not as easy as a mental reframe, but it does take practice and it takes skill and it takes time to make sure that you're, you know, make lists of things, make thing, lists of things that you've regularly said no to that you've made up lies for, or that you, um, felt really uncomfortable saying no to and figure out when, what, what are those scenarios? Uh, how can you have reframed in those scenarios so that you can take it into the future and more readily reframe and then find other situations where you've said yes in situations where you would have liked to say no and think about how you could have reframed to make sure that you're saying no and being honest about why you would want to say no. And then think about the consequences of you saying yes, because there's consequences of you saying yes, right? Either you were unhappy with the scenario or your friend was unhappy or you didn't, didn't show up or I don't know. There there's sometimes there's consequences to that sort of thing. So think about that, make notes of that sort of thing and um, see how you can improve in the future. So, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you guys, uh, like this episode. If you would like to share it with a friend, that'd be amazing. Hit me up at let's go see note on all the social channels, go to dopamine.life and you can leave a donation at patreon.com slash dopamine, uh, bit.ly slash cosmic calibration or cosmic INTP all lowercase. If you want to have some cosmic calibration, if you're an INTP and, uh, that's it, I'm done recording for the day. So I will catch you guys next time on dopamine. Take care of yourselves and each other. See ya. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later. <laughs>